Welcome to episode 112 of the Civil Engineering Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping civil engineering professionals succeed in work and life. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano. I'm a licensed professional engineer who practiced as a civil engineer, but eventually decided I wanted to focus more on inspiring engineers rather than doing the engineering myself. So since then, I've written a book entitled Engineer Your Own Success and have traveled the world helping engineers and through this podcast, try to bring you information that can help you succeed in every episode. I've also had the honor of authoring the American Society of Civil Engineers Careers and Leadership column for the past few years. Now, at the Engineering Management Institute, we believe that in order to be the best civil engineer you can be, you must consistently get better. Get better at your craft, your people skills, and as a leader. And that's why we publish this free podcast to help you do just that. In this episode, I'm taking you with me on the road again, this time to the offices of Lewis Berger in Morristown, New Jersey, where we'll talk with department manager Muzumil Hussein about several topics, including managing mega civil engineering projects. Muzumil has more than 18 years of experience as a project manager, client manager, and lead structural engineer for the design construction rehabilitation and inspection of various transportation and facility structures. He's just a really brilliant guy. He's worked on tons of big projects. And what really impresses me about Musumil is his ability to stay calm in the face of stressful engineering projects. We did a separate engineering manager 8020 shorts video with him that we published on our YouTube channel a few weeks ago, specifically around staying calm on projects. And you can check that out on our YouTube channel, which we'll link to in the show notes. But in this podcast episode, he really does dive into managing mega projects and a bunch of other really interesting stuff. You're going to love the guy. Like I said, he's so calm and just relaxed. You can hear it in his voice. Now, before we get started with Musumil, this is a free show and our sponsors help us keep it free. So please support them. Now I'd like to recognize our sponsor for this episode, PPI, by asking you to listen up later on in this podcast for my advice on how to advance your career in 2019. I'll be sharing info on where to find practical tips and time-tested resources for your civil engineering licensure exam. Don't miss it. All right, now it's time to dive into this week's Civil Engineering Conversation of the Week. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. All right, Anthony Fasano here from the Engineering Management Institute, and today I'm at the offices of Louis Berger. I'm here with Muzamil Hussein, who's the department manager here. Muzamil, welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you so, coming here and you know, spending some time with me. Oh, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. We got to meet at the ACEC conference. We had a conversation, and I said, listen, you're working on some great projects. Let's talk about it and see if we can help some civil engineers that are managing, giving them some project management tips. So before we do that, Muzamil, Give our audience just a little bit of your background about what you do and how you got to this point. Uh, That would be a long, long (laughs) introduction. version. (laughs) A long introduction, but I'll try to make it brief. Originally, I'm from Pakistan. Back home, I've been number one in most of the things I've done in my career, uh, in my education. So back home, uh, in engineering school, uh, I stood first. That's something that basically uh, is done back home is the comparison how you stand compared to other people okay so that's important to a system in the u.s what i've seen my kids um it's like as long as you do good you're good you're okay it's not a good comparison it's not that 
we would like to compare with others, but that gives you a, a drive to excel. Sure. To be best at what you do. Provides motivation. Motivation, basically. So I think that would be an edited version. <laughs> basically, what I've been or I've, I've done, what I've learned from my parents, that's what it is. My yeah. mom taught me how to be compassionate, how to be passionate about what you do. Just do your best. And my dad, uh, who strived for uh, quality, whatever he did, mm. character, you know, perform best what you do, have a character. You know, whatever you take on, make sure that you, you do your best, do you know, good job at that. Uh, focus, all those qualities that I learned from my parents, that's what you know, brought me up to this point. In the U.S., I got here in about 98, 99. I did my master's here. And uh, right after, within six months, actually, I started to, you know, look for a job. And I, I started a, an engineering, with an engineering firm, sure. a smaller, relatively smaller firm. But working with a smaller firm gave me an opportunity to work on relatively smaller projects, but all aspects of All the, aspects of, of the, the project. projects. And that, I think, I also now tell my colleagues, uh, whoever I mentor, I kind of give them an, that guideways or guidelines to try to work on all aspects of the project. Right. And that, I think, uh, helped me excelling in my career. I always appreciate my mentors. Uh, so back uh, when I started uh, with, uh, that's called Medina Consultants. Now it's T.Y. Lin. Okay. Chandu Baranya. I would like to. Yeah, that's great. The name. I think having a mentor is a great thing. I yeah. Like. So he mentored me in early years. So about four years I worked with them. And then since then, I joined Louis Berger. And at Louis Berger, I have a great mentor here, Hong Sun, who's, uh, you know, who helped me with my career as well. And I've learned a lot from him. So that's just a little bit of background. Sure. Uh, my focus is being structural engineering, design bridges, design any uh, transportation and facility structures. But as I said, in early stages of my career, I was fortunate to work on smaller and all aspects of the projects. So that made me uh, what I think is better manager or better project manager to understand all aspects of the projects, all aspects of civil engineering, environmental engineering, okay. surveying, drainage, you know, whatnot. Because I've worked disciplines, in different disciplines ways. and I worked in each discipline, basically. Sure. So I, I was a hydraulics guy at one point, drainage, environmental. I've done survey in the field. So all those aspects helped me basically understand different uh, sides of the project. That's a good point, Muzamil, in that I think sometimes civil engineers today, you know, maybe they're not aware of the value of understanding the different disciplines, which is one of the reasons that we do this podcast so that they can learn about maybe some of the other disciplines of civil engineering. Because I do believe that the more well-rounded you are as a civil engineering professional, it can help you in managing projects. I guess one of the questions for you would be, what would you recommend to civil engineers to be able to gain that experience? Because it's not always that easy. They don't always have the opportunity to, to work in different departments. I think that's something that everybody needs to express and look for. For example, in this office, a structural engineer working in, in structural engineering group, I tell them and they ask me what they want to do. So if they want to work in a civil engineering group or environmental engineering, while they are structural engineer as a core or as a base, they still get to work on different projects, different aspects and different disciplines. Okay. So it's just to express yourself. I think that's in early stages of the career, just go and ask and try to do. 
if you're doing internship, that's the time to do internship with different, right. different disciplines. And if you are in early, obviously, first five years of your career, don't just stay in one discipline. Try to, you know, if, if your company is not offering it, you yeah. know, see uh, there's a better opportunity somewhere to, because that's in first five years, if you don't get right. to work on different aspects of the projects or different disciplines, I think uh, you kind of get focused on one aspect or one discipline and that could be lacking in when you become a project manager or become a, a lead in a in an office or in a, a department. Can limit you. So that can bit. limit can limit you in understanding sure. uh, you know all aspects of project. Yeah, I think that's a great point for both for civil engineers and their managers, remembering that in the first five years of your career, it's very much like a kid where like you're learning a lot of new habits. It's a great time to learn and develop habits and learn new things. And it's also a very flexible time in your career yeah. that you can try multiple things. So if you're a young civil engineer, you should express that interest. As Muzamil said, you know, people aren't just going to put you in different things unless you express yourself and say, listen, I want to be a well-rounded civil engineer. So can you move me around a little bit, at least in the beginning? Can I work with other disciplines? On the flip side of that, if you're a manager and you have young engineers working for you, you should be proactive in letting them know that you're open to them trying different things. In fact, I want to give you different opportunities early in your career. Because quite frankly, a lot of times coming out of school, you don't know what kind of civil engineering you want to do. I went to school for civil engineering and I ended up doing land development. I did a lot of residential design, some stormwater included and planning portions of the projects. But there was no class on site civil or residential development in my school. So I didn't know that until I got out and I tried it. So I think that's a really good message in that, you know, express yourself that you want to be flexible, you want to be multi-talented. And as a manager, give your people the opportunity to do that. And I think, as Muzamil said, is you need to communicate that to younger engineers because a lot of times they're not comfortable saying yes, that. Exactly. They don't want to ask. Yeah. So that's, you know, one of the aspects that um, if you are getting to a position as a manager or a lead position, you know, you got to have some training on leadership trainings or management trainings where you really can open up your eyes of how to communicate, how to listen, yep. how to better understand others' qualities of, as an indicated character, communication. I personally believe in my core values are innovation. Try to open for new ideas. So it doesn't matter what level of experience you have in your career, you know, even a, an intern can give you a great idea. So communicating with everybody, just letting them be open to express themselves with new ideas. I work on any project and I, I discuss with everybody to sure. to, just to see if they got some great idea. You know, that's so innovation, inclusion, include everybody, empower. Empower. Empower your you know, young engineers. Give them bigger responsibility. Let them do some mistakes. Sure. But if you need to discipline them, sometimes you need to. Some harsh. Right. You have to give you know, flexibility, but then, but when but then it's time. When it's time, you know, you got to discipline. So, you know, these are the different aspects that you, as a manager, have to kind of try to get good at. It comes with the time, uh, with experience, but at the same time, training is, is, is important. You know, you sure. get some training about that. So, Muzumi, you manage some very large projects here. And, you know, I want to talk to you a little bit about project management. You know, there's different kinds of management. There's certainly part of engineering management is people management. That's a big part of it. And, you know, project management, you have a lot of tasks, you have different departments, you have different companies you're working with, you have utilities, you have other things. 
In terms of project management, what would you say are some things that you've been able to do on some of your larger projects that you think have made you successful? Like, is there any specific things you follow or whether it's certain types of meetings or workflow or what are some, some strategies you can offer up here? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, it always depend upon the client type of project, size of the project. You know, we, we use different type of uh, strategies and techniques, develop some certain spreadsheets where we put all the projects, what different, you know, split, uh, divide them into different tasks, uh, depending upon the schedule prepared with the client. So if we have activities divided into different uh, disciplines, yep. then we assign hours, assign, you know, how many man hours. Yeah, manpower, hours, backlog. Yeah. You know, so we, we prepare a, a full spreadsheet for each project, basically, depending on the size of the project, and, you know, do the resource management accordingly. What good thing at Berger, what we have uh, implemented is a uh, one profit center. Okay. Okay. So in that case, we could uh, involve all different offices from around the country or right. the world uh, without the uh, thinking of, you know, which office or which company, which discipline is going to get the profit out of Right. And take that out of the equation. That's out of the equation. You work for the project and you work for the company to get the best resources right. to work on the project. Basically. So everyone's kind of got the same common goal. So okay. it's it has become so easy for us to pick up you know phone and call our Virginia office or North Carolina office right. or Boston office. So, okay, here it is. Yeah. Uh, I need two people, two engineers for, for this project. And that... Similarly, the other way around, if someone needs, I get a call, oh, I need a cat person today. Right. And that's the resource management. And I appreciate how our management has uh, implemented this, yeah. this type of system. That's interesting because it sounds like that for such a large company, that makes it really still a team atmosphere. Exactly. So at the project level, we got the resource management based on the spreadsheets and everything. However, uh, at the company level or at the, uh, at the regional level, we have our uh, weekly or bi-weekly calls to make sure everybody, you know, we understand each other's needs and, you know, whatever the uh, resource needs as well as their projects. So we know exactly what's going on as a department manager or as a company lead or department lead being on top of the needs of uh, the whole. For example, for us, it's a structural engineering. So we focus on what's needed in the country right. as well as structural engineering and which, oh, which I office see. and which region needs what type of um, uh, resources for next so three you'll months, serve everyone. next six months, next next year. I see. Okay. So I serve for everybody and they serve. Uh, they serve for you. Yeah. No, I like you know, it. It's, it's, it's very team-oriented. Team-oriented. It's uh, one team. Resource one management. team, yeah. Yes. yeah. One team, yeah. Because I do see that there that is a struggle with a lot of AE firms where, you know, the different disciplines mm-hmm. are like fighting over someone wants to be profitable, so I got to help this first and that other yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good approach. So one of the other things I want to ask you is I know you work some on some really large projects like the Maglev project and some mm-hmm. of the projects that you're working on. Take us inside of your management. I want to look at it like in terms of like, let's say we look at a day in your life, so to speak, which I know is different as an engineer. Every day things happen. But on a project like the Maglev train project or, you know, a larger project, as the project manager for your work, what is your approach, right? Like, so what I'm getting at is I know you can't get too into the weeds because you're the manager, but I also know that you need to keep an eye on things. So what is your approach every day when you come in as to like how you know what to work on that day? 
How do you know where to shift your energy? What's your mindset when you come in each day in terms of what to work on specifically? That's a real uh, involved and tough question. <laughs> uh, and that's a lot of people struggle with, uh, and me too. I, I'll be honest and fair about it. But larger projects, I will talk about, you know, I have a couple of uh, mm -hmm. displays here. So this is a Route 80 project, which is okay. about 10 miles of reconstruction. 10 uh, miles? Yep. 10 miles of reconstruction. Okay. In the uh, within the Patterson to um, uh, Rochelle Park, I believe. So that's ten miles of reconstruction of Route 80 Highway. 80 okay. And widening, and that's what we are working on as a preliminary engineering. Okay. That's about three hundred million dollar project. It involves about twenty one bridges and then wow. the reconstruction of all the pavement and widening as well. Sure. So it's a bigger project, and you know, so what it is uh, to manage that project, uh, I'm managing all the structural aspects. So it's just how you use your resources uh, based on the experience of different colleagues. Somebody has a good experience on, on the noise walls. We're going to replace and upgrade all the noise walls. Okay. So it becomes the lead on that project, on that aspect. Then all the structures we've divided into different groups based on their prior experience. Are, you know, it's, it's just to you, how you best utilize your resources. Right. You have to get used to your resources. You have to know you who have you have to know available. What's available as well as what they're good at. I think that's that's what project management is. Yeah. Basically utilizing your resources to the best of their ability and then basically empower them and give them the uh, opportunity to come up with something new, innovate, do a mistake, but learn from it and you know grow from it. Right. Basically. So Working on a bigger project, yes. So we have developed as an, okay, I, maybe I can open one of the spreadsheets to show you. And just like you said, it's not micromanagement, but I, as a project management, need to know exactly what's going on with each aspect. So we do a weekly meeting, make sure everybody provides their, their inputs and updates of what's going on. You know, I go and talk to individually each of the lead on that, whatever the aspect of the project they're working on. I think that's that's the way it is, and um, it's not a uh, a straightforward thing for any project. It will right. It's always going to be different, it's, right? It's different, uh, but you know, for this project that works for Maglev. Maglev Can you describe the Maglev project for the yes. audience, just so they know? Uh, Maglev project is the is a, a high speed rail uh, magnetic levitation train. That's basically a technology from Japan, mm -hmm. and uh, it. Still, ha I'm under an NDA, that's mm -hmm. a non-disclosure agreement. Sure. Uh, so I cannot talk too much about it. But Just in the, like terms of size. Yes. yes. So I, I have a presentation that we have done a public hearing. Okay. So that information I could share. Uh, so the project is basically um, the high-speed rail. The overall project is going to be from Boston to DC. Uh, what we worked on in our concept development is a high-speed rail from the New York. I can't disclose the sure. areas from New York to DC. And currently we are working on the preliminary engineering aspect okay. of it and going through the environmental approvals. And that section is from uh, Baltimore to DC. Okay. Basically. So- Are you allowed to share like budget numbers or? Yes. So preliminary estimates about $15 billion from wow. Baltimore to DC. The train will take about 15 minutes from Baltimore to DC, 350 miles an hour. And uh, it's about 60% tunnels, 40% elevated. Structures. Wow, that's, that's um, intense. Yeah, I do have... I don't know. Well, before you go there, let yeah. me just pull this out because I think that there's a couple of lessons to be learned there that's important. Yes, project management is certainly resource management. You have to allocate the right resources in the right locations. And when something happens, 
a problem, quote unquote, arises, mm -hmm. you need to figure out the best way to solve that with the best people. The other thing that I heard you say that I think is very valuable, you're saying you're using maybe a spreadsheet, there could be other tools, but you have some kind of a dashboard that allows you to measure the progress of the project or see what's going on with the project kind of that you can look at, kind of gives you a heartbeat of what's going on. Sure. Is that accurate? That is accurate on two different aspects. One, the, the spreadsheets that we have developed are on the technical side, like who's doing what's the percentage complete on the individual okay. task. But then we have a dashboard that shows up on the financial yep. side. Budgeting versus budgeting, what's, yeah. you know, what's going on. So that's a, a very good uh, system that company has implemented on, and we can see that performance in terms of graphs and, and the all the good stuff for each project, basically. Sure. It's a good dashboard that shows up every morning in front of you. What's the status of all the projects that you work so on? So that's something you so look at on a daily basis? Green, yeah, it's something green or red okay. or orange or yellow. Right. So, you, you know, based on that, you, you're just basically staying on top of the financial side as well. Right. No, I think that's great. I mean, listen, I think one of the things that the civil engineering industry can get better at is providing managers with that data. Sure. You know, I think with as technology develops, more and more firms are using more and more tools to be able to do that. You know, quite frankly, it could be a spreadsheet. It doesn't have to be an elaborate tool sure. or it can be an elaborate tool. It depends what the system is, what the project is. But as long as it's giving you the criteria that you need to make sure that the project is on budget, on schedule, et cetera. So I'll talk a little bit more on that. Uh, we have a system called uh, EBMS. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's an um, earned value system. Okay, earned value, so, yes. Yeah, so basically it's um, not only that you're, you're looking at the schedule, you're looking at the financial aspect of it together on one graph. Yep. Because typically you will check uh, what's the schedule of the project as a separate tool. Are you ahead or are you behind? And then you will check your finances. Are you, you know, right. under budget or over budget? But how do you combine them together, overlap them? And then you could be delayed or ahead of the schedule, but at the same time, your budget might be opposite. Means if you're ahead of schedule, on the other side, you see that, oh, you're over budget. But at that time, but that over budget might be less than how ahead of schedule you are. Right. So you may be a positive on that and that's at the same time. So the over budget doesn't mean that you are really over budget or the other way around as well. Right. But you are under budget, but that you are really lagging on your schedule as well. So if someone is just looking at the, at the budget on the financial side, right. without looking at the schedule. You need to look at so, it. But when different. you overlap the, the two, then you get the real picture. So the earned value approach, it requires you to estimate the percentage of work complete. Is that correct? Yes. All right. Is that something that you do? It's, or is it something your certain, team helps as a, you as do? A, as a, yeah, it's a team team effort. Okay. But as a project manager, you have to provide that to the project controls team. Gotcha. Call it, that's a separate department we have. To, to get the controls. data together for you. Put it together and they provide you that beautiful information uh, that where you stand as far as, you know, the earned value of the project. Okay. No, that's great. One of the other things that I wanted to ask you going back to that was, you know, you said as a project manager, you need to get good at understanding your resources and then deploying them in the right areas, so to speak. How does one get good at that? Good question. I mean, a few aspects. Uh, it's, again, your core values makes you, you know, excel at those things. If you are uh, well-disciplined, if you're a good listener, the communication aspect is the best thing is that you're a good listener. You understand others. You pay attention. What's the need of the other person? What, right. How do you make what it take to empower the other person to be good at what they 
okay. should be. So I think it's just that being a good communicator, I'm not a good orator, but I'm a good listener. Okay. Well, that's I could, important. Yeah. Uh, I, I may not be speaking well. I think I know that. But as far as uh, listening and understanding others, feeling out others, being compassionate, I think those, those values help me in making those type of decisions and, and uh, being good at uh, what others can do best, you know, understanding others. Yeah. That's a very important aspect. Yeah, no, I'm glad you said that because we are doing some research at the Engineering Management Institute into what makes great engineering managers. And we're actually surveying a lot of engineers. And a lot of them are telling us that their great managers listened very well and gave them very good feedback. So it's a pattern that we're seeing over and over. So I'm glad you brought that up. So one of the things I want to ask you about your team, and, and you can kind of hear Muzumil when we get to this point talking about how to manage your resources, there's a quantitative side of it, like all engineering, but there's a qualitative side of it. Like Muzumil said, getting to know your people beyond just like they're good at structural engineering, but who can communicate effectively, who can deal with a problematic client better than the other person. So, you know, to be a good engineering manager, you've got to have both of those, or you've got to be able to recognize those different qualities in different people, I think for sure. But the one question though I want to ask you here is in terms of your team culture, you talked before about being open about people coming to you and asking questions. What do you do with your team to try to as opposed to the quantitative stuff to try to impart to them that you're a team and that, you know, to, to set kind of a culture for the team. So, yeah. So basically, as far as the qualitative end of it, it will goes back to the same, same qualities of how I, you know, communicate and understand others. And that's the, the need of the employee or the colleague that I'm working with. But at the same time, making a qualitative judgment is what's the need of the project, what's right. the need of the client and communicating that to the person that you're working with or knowing by yourself. Right. I think that's where the qualitative aspect that's what we do as an engineer or as an engineering firm, what is our ultimate goal is to perform or produce a product engineering design plans, right. specifications, estimates, right. and to provide that to the client so the contractor can construct that. That's the ultimate goal. And if that is not done well, the, nothing else is, is, work, is something wrong. So that communication of the need of the project, need of the client to your team, and then connecting them together, that is a, a good quality of the manager to make sure everybody's on the same page. Sure. How I make sure that the person has the understanding aspect is one, but at the same time, how they grow their career uh, the qualitative end of it is uh, basically the training, different types of trainings that they should, uh, sure. you know, go right. through. So training them, mentoring them, communicating the need of the project, need of the client in making sure that they work as a team, communicate with each other and produce the best quality product. You know, yeah. that's, 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 yeah. What I liked what you said there is like reinforcing to them the ultimate goal of what you do here, yeah. which is to provide high quality engineering projects for your clients. And if anyone loses sight of that as the project manager, you need to keep them focused on that sure. because that's a way that you can keep everyone on the same team. You know, so I think what you're hearing here a lot throughout this conversation that I like with Muzmiel here is, is teamwork. 
We're hearing about the One Profit Center, which has created a team in the company. We're hearing about you know, how you connect with your team and reinforce certain things. And I think that's a really, really big part of successful engineering companies and teams and projects is that teamwork mentality. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back and finish up with the civil engineering hot seat. We're going to put Muzumil on the hot seat and pepper him with a few last questions. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. All right, now it's time for our Civil Engineering Hot Seat segment with Muzamil Hussein, in which today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, PPI. Do you feel stuck in your job? Not sure how to move forward? All of us have been there at one point. One surefire way to move up in your career is to get your civil engineering license. The best place to gather info on licensure and pick from multiple print and digital review options is ppi2pass.com. PPI has helped over 4 million engineers, including myself, pass their licensure exam and become leaders in their fields. They offer licensure exam prep for the FE, Civil, PE Civil, and SE exams. So no matter where you are on your path to career advancement, you can count on PPI's support. Take the first step towards making 2019 a great year for you professionally and check out everything PPI offers to make your journey to engineering licensure as smooth as possible. Visit ppi2pass.com to find essential licensure exam prep books, digital review, and helpful tips and advice. That's PPI, the number two, P-A-S-S.com. All right, we're back here at the offices of Louis Berger with Muzamil Hussein. Muzamil is the uh, department manager for structural engineering here. We've been talking a lot about teamwork, a lot about teams and management, but now we're going to put Muzamil on the civil engineering hot seat. You ready? Sure. Let's do it. All right. So the first question, are there any specific rituals that you practice every day, Musamil? For example, do you have a, a morning ritual or a lunchtime routine, something that you do consistently on a daily basis that has contributed to your success? As for a success, I mean, making myself calm uh, at certain points, that certainly helped me. In the morning, I have a ritual of certain type of food that I eat. Okay. If I don't get it, I get I feel uh, something missing. So okay, food, same thing during lunch. I'll take a walk about you know ten fifteen minutes, and go uh, to for a short ride and get food just to get change the focus from what what you're doing, and then at least start to think about rethink of the half of the day that that I've spent, uh, what I did good, what I did bad. Right. You know, just reevaluate myself and then come back. It's like a reset. Rest, it's like reset, reset yourself okay. and then come back rest of the day just to make sure that i evaluate myself sure reevaluate myself i think that those are some of the rituals that i yeah i make sure that i give a little bit of time a break to myself and think about what i've done at the same time you know just call family or, right getting away to, you're getting, getting away, away from what i'm doing that's excellent all right next question is there one book that you might recommend to engineers regularly or just one book in general that you found to be helpful for you in your career professional personal development John C. Maxwell. Uh, okay. The, the, I think it's a, uh, the title is um, uh, 21... Irrefutable... Irrefutable... Laws of Leadership laws. or something exactly. along those lines. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, no. That, that's John Maxwell's great. He's got great sure. stuff on leadership. Yeah. yeah. So that's, uh, I would say that's a good book to read. Okay. That's great. Two more questions. The first one is, if you look back on your career, and you don't have to give names here, but... If you were to think of one of your favorite managers, one of the best managers, quote unquote, that you had as an engineer, what made that person 
such a good manager? What are some of the traits that you remember about that person that makes you think of them as one of your favorite managers? I mean, back, I think I indicated a couple of them. Yeah. Um, Chandu was one, and, and in this office, obviously, Hong. I think it's just being genuine, being being focused on what's needed at that time, being open to listen and uh, compassionate. You know, some of the qualities that you don't have to be, you know, excellent at what you do uh, as far as you need to. But I'm just saying as a manager, it's how do you open up yourself to your colleagues, to your employees. Authentic, uh, being authentic. Being authentic, being, you know, uh, being open, uh, understanding. I think those are some of the qualities that I think at that time, I didn't, whenever I went to see them, to talk to them but for my problems, it didn't, most of them were not focused on technical aspects. Right. You know, some personal, something maybe dealing with someone to understand how should I have done it differently. So it's just being open and uh, genuine about what they think is, is the best way or better way, what they would have done. So I think it's just being a good listener and understanding the need and having some compassion and taking the time to listen. Sure. I think that's, that's about it. Yeah, no, that's great. Last question here on the hot seat for Muzumil is you get into an elevator with a civil engineer and you have 30 seconds to give him or her career advice. What are you telling them? I think the passion is, is the main thing that I think that's needed, being passionate of what you do. You know, that's basically ingrained in me. And I think if you like, if you love what you do, and if you're passionate about what you do, that's what will excel you in, in your career. Yeah, you know, that's, that's great. Be passionate be in what passionate. you do. Yeah, be focused. Whatever you do, just like you change your career from a civil engineering to a leadership. Yeah. Uh, but what you said in one word is that you have to just be work at it. Just yep. work keep at doing it. it. Keep doing it. Be consistent. Be consistent, <clears throat> be focused, and be passionate about what you do. I think you can excel or you can do great things. It doesn't matter what it is, engineering or any other aspects. Just give your best. Well, Muzumil, thank you so much for allowing us to sure. interview you for the Civil Engineering Podcast. Sure. Really appreciate it. Yeah, same here. Appreciate coming here and uh, you know, giving uh, a little bit of time to me and understanding, you know, opening up myself. Yeah. It helps me understand as well. You know, I, I'm going to rethink about what I've said and try to reconnect with a lot of things that, you know, sometimes it's better to express and uh, rethink because some of the values and some of the core values that you have, you may get disconnected because of the daily routines or whatever you're doing, right. whatever you're working in. And then uh, by, you know, reconnecting like this, I think it gives you a little bit of a focus back. You just focus back. It reminds you what's, reminds important. Of yeah. what's important in your life. And you, you know, so I think it's, uh, it's a good thing that you are doing. Um, Thank you. You know, connecting people back to your, their core values and talking what's most important in their career and in their life. You right. Know, that's, that's, and now that's your team, you your team can watch this and make sure you're, you're doing sure. those things. <laughs> I'm not giving it anything. Yeah. And for those of you watching on YouTube, thanks for tuning into the Civil Engineering Podcast on YouTube. Remember to subscribe to the Civil Engineering Podcast playlist. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast. I really do enjoy these episodes where I get to go on the road and visit with civil engineering professionals in different parts of the country. I'm trying to line up some more video interviews in different locations. I'm hoping for Texas, possibly even California. Believe me, I'm trying to make my way around, but we do a lot of training as well. So sometimes it gets difficult, but I am getting good feedback on the video podcast episodes, on the audio podcast. 
and we do really appreciate the feedback. In fact, one listener recently asked if we could try to interview some civil engineering clients on the show. So that's something that I'm looking for. If you have a client that you think would make for a good interview, basically what the idea is, is what are they looking for in civil engineering professionals? So please, you feel free to contact us and let us know. You, you can do so by emailing me at afasano at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. I also want to remind you about our online workshop, the Engineering Management Accelerator online workshop. This is a five-week workshop where you will spend one to two hours per week honing your management skills, including effective communication, how to build expertise and master public speaking, productivity and billability, networking and building relationships, and leadership and delegation. We have another live session coming up mid-March, so now's the time to go to engineer2manager.com. That's engineer2manager.com and sign up for that live session, or you could take it on demand if you'd like and go through the videos on your own pace. Again, that's our Engineering Management Accelerator online workshop at engineer2manager.com. Also, you can find the show notes for this episode, 112 at civilengineeringpodcast.com. There you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during the episode, including the Engineering Manager 8020 Shorts video that we shot with Musimil as well. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your civil engineering career endeavors. Thank you for listening to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Be sure to visit civilengineeringpodcast.com where you can listen to past episodes and also submit your project to be featured on the show. We also invite you to visit our main website at engineeringcareercoach.com and download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also help to develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success.